Hi, I'm Theodora F. Izzard from TFI Reiki, intuitive channel, twin flame author and host of You, Me, Just Us Three, the down to earth spiritual podcast. I thank you in advance for listening to these conversations that aim to bridge the gap between us all. For most of my life, I was in the non-spiritual camp. I battled numerous mental health issues due to suffering with complex PTSD. And by 2016, I had reached a breaking point and then long, along came my spiritual awakening. The introduction of twin flames, energy healing and spirituality has not only transformed my life physically, mentally and emotionally, but has undoubtedly saved it. I know I wouldn't be here today without its transformative healing. My aim is to break down the barriers, stigma and common misunderstandings around energy work and spiritualism by having down to earth conversations with people from all walks of life to share stories, guidance and create discussion around how energy and connection affects and most importantly can heal us all in our everyday lives. These dynamic conversations aim to bring more depth of understanding as to who we are as souls and humans, help us to reconnect and heal, and I hope will inspire, motivate and entertain. I'm grateful for all your likes, comments, shares, subscriptions and donations. And if you would like to work with myself or any of our guests, please do get in touch via my website. Thank you for listening. Take care. Hi, and welcome to this episode of You, Me, Just Us Three, the Down to Earth uh, spiritual podcast. Although this week it could be You, Me, Just Us Four. Uh, <laughs> we, this week um, I'm joined uh, by Leah Poppy and Sally Baker from Eleanor, um, who are a end of life and hospice charity based in Kent. Um, but I will uh, let them explain more about what they do. Um, just quickly before we start, obviously guys, thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, all of that. Obviously, the more that we can reach people, the better. So it is appreciated as is your time with listening. So um, Leah, if you want to tell us a little bit about Eleanor, what you do and, and kind of go from there. Lovely. Thank you so much for the introduction. Um, yeah, my name's Leah. I'm a supporter engagement officer at Eleanor. Um, so I work within the fundraising team. Um, so at Eleanor, we are a hospice, um, like Theo said, based in Kent. Uh, we cover a wide area, um, covering from Sevenoaks, Tunbridge, Tunbridge Wells, uh, Gravesham and Maidstone, um, and Dartford, Swanley, and the London Borough of Bexley. So we are the only hospice in Kent that provides care to people of all ages, so babies, children and adults. Um, one of our oldest patients, I believe we've had was probably about 104. Um, and one of our youngest um, was uh, probably a couple months old. So a really wide spectrum of, of age groups that we have. Obviously, we have teams specifically for uh, children and for adults, um, but we provide hospice care at home as well, not just in our hospice in Norfleet. Um, so nurses will go out to the patient's home um, and provide care there, um, the patient's uh, place of choice. So we go out to care homes as well. So yeah, we provide loads of services, um, obviously one of those being complementary therapies, which our lovely Sally uh, leads on. So um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, big operation. Mm. Um, we've got an amazing team um, provide all of these services to our patients and their families. 
yeah, it's a wonderful place to be. So many people are uh, amazed when they come in at how lovely a building it is. Um, they're always pleasantly surprised, which um, is lovely to be able to see that. Um, so yeah, it, you know, in terms of um, running the organisation, uh, it's about uh, £6.9 million to run our organisation every year. We get about 24% funding from the government, so round about a million pounds, give or take. Yeah. Um, so over five and a bit, um, we have to kind of source um, ourselves. So we have an amazing trusts and grants team who work on applications. Um, we have gifts in wills, legacies, mm -hmm. uh, loads of things like that. Um, we've got 14 shops around Kent as well who do amazingly well. Um, and they've always got good bargains and treats in there. Yeah. Um, and we also have our events and fundraising uh, campaigns, uh, such as our Twilight Walk, uh, Step Up Challenge, um, our individuals who support us. So, you know, you'll get someone who shaves their head for us and uh, loads and loads of different amazing and creative things. So. Our local community are just absolutely amazing um, and without them we couldn't do what we do so thank you to them awesome. yeah, I'll, um, yeah, yeah I'll and sally um we'll kind of do it together um answer some of the questions sally sally's giving me a a little uh pep talk or uh, and how what complementary therapy is exactly so that i'm not completely oblivious <laughs> um but yeah if we and go on to the, the first question maybe yeah, um, yeah I mean um, or move on to what Sally's got yeah I mean I mean I think it was it was really interesting even you know kind of there is such a I, I find there is um, such a misunderstanding a lot of the time about what complementary therapy means and and this is kind of why I was so keen to to speak to you guys and and trying to explain that and and bring that into a to a wider audience. So I mean, Sally, if you could tell us a little bit about the complementary therapies that you offer and and how important they are, um, and really what the benefits of that you find they are um, for patients and their family. I know it's about four questions at once, but. <laughs> Yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell, I'll try and just answer the first thing, which is about yeah. uh, complementary therapy. So, uh, just quickly as well, thank you for having me on because this is a fantastic opportunity to, uh, you know, get to the wider audience and uh, have the opportunity uh, to say what we're doing. So. Um, so yeah, so I'm the senior complementary therapist at Elena, um, and underneath me I have got five volunteers as well. So there's six of us in that in the team. So basically, um, what complementary therapies mean is it's a therapy um, uh, or a um, a type of treatment which runs alongside orthodox treatment. So it's not instead of the your chemotherapy or whatever medication that you're on, it runs alongside it to um, complement it, but, it, uh, but the complementary um, does mean, mean that. Um, so um, 
what um, a lot of people don't realise what happens in the hospice is we have a lot of lovely things going on there. I think there's a misconception about, you know, what happens at a hospice. Lots of people are still thinking, oh, that's just a place you go to die and wouldn't even step foot in the place because there is just that fear. Um, but... Uh, I urge anyone who's listening who's never been into a hospice before to actually go and visit one uh, when we're all back open, obviously, um, because the atmosphere in the place and what we offer is about living. It's not, it's not just a place you go to die. In actual fact, uh, the amount of people that actually die in the hospice is quite small compared with the amount of people that we help along their journey. Um, so what we um, aim to do uh, is to help people while they're, while they're here and while they're alive and while they're living is to really live life to the full, to their full potential. So one of those things is by offering complementary therapies. And what we offer at, at the hospice is uh, we offer aromatherapy, uh, massage, reflexology and reiki which is uh, really the main one we're talking about today because it's about the energy work yeah so um so all of those therapies we offer to uh, the patients who are actually in the hospice who are in their beds so we might uh, do that treatment while they're in their bed or sitting on the chair next to the bed so while they're in the ward um, we also offer uh, those therapies to people who may have come in for the day and we call that day therapy. So they come in for the day for respite and for um, connecting with other people. It might be that they live alone and they don't have a lot of connection with other people. So we offer those treatments to those people. And we also offer the treatments to people just coming in as an outpatient. So they literally just come in for the treatment and then they go, they go again. And, um, we also offer it not just to the patient, but to their carers, their families who are look, helping to look after them and uh, also um, bereaved. So people, if they have lost a loved one with us, we still continue to look after them uh, for the time that they need us afterwards, just for that bit of support and help. So, which leads me on to the benefits of the therapies, why we do the therapies in the first place. Um, it can help um, on a physical level for people. So it could even help with pain um, or, you know, if people are constipated or, you know, various other physical ailments um, and conditions, but also help them on um, that on the more emotional level um, and uh, help them mentally with their, with their mind uh, and their well-being mentally. Um, and also on the sort of spiritual um, helping with, you know, how they're feeling overall and helping to support them that way. So um, the, the therapies um, help people to cope with the situation they're in. So um, it might be, you know, that you're feeling like you're at your end of your tether. It, even if you're not the ill person, you're looking after somebody that, that's, that's ill. Um, it's a tremendous strain on people. And so just to have that time out, for example, 
and just have that bit of time for yourself is really important for that person because that can help them just to like recharge their batteries and just make them feel like after they've had their session and then they can go out. Quite often I've had people, um, you know, comment back to me saying, I just feel like I can cope with the rest of the day now. I just feel like I've, yeah. I've just sort of recharged my batteries. So just on that level is, you know, that's a massive, massive thing. But you know, with the with the help with other the, these other symptoms, people have a lot of symptoms. Um, say, for example, if they're on chemotherapy or some of the medication they're on, so they can have things like it's called um, peripheral peripheral neuropathy, and uh, it's where you get a tingling and numbness in your hands and, and your feet, and we can treat that with the therapies and. Um, you know th that just really helps them to cope with some of the symptoms which are even led through the medication that they're having so you know it's all really amazing amazing stuff yeah. and um the therapies we do uh, you know help with stress anxiety uh you know if you're in a low mood and even with grief even with feeling that feeling of grief uh if you have a lost a loved one so uh, I think that's two of the questions I've managed to yeah. <laughs> answer. And now take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'll just, um, to kind of give people some background, I, I also um, have personal experience um, with this. My mum my, um, had breast cancer uh, twice when I was 16 and then four years ago and um, has survived it. And my uh, father had um, throat cancer and uh, we lost him five years ago. And so I, and it's funny you were saying about, you know, the misunderstandings around hospices. Um, he was at Trinity Hospice in, in Southwest London and it was such a calm, um, welcoming place. And you know, I'd spent you know, the last week of his life there. I was camped out, basically. And it, 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 I totally understand, you know, it's not what you think it is. <laughs> and, and I totally um, would, would agree with going to, to visit places that, you know, are out. Because I think so often it's our expectation holds us back. And I think if people were more comfortable um, being in these kind of spaces, then I think that in itself makes any kind of illness less daunting because we're kind of already prepped for, for what's you know, going to might occur. Um, and, and I think it's so interesting. I've, you know, I, I think I wasn't in, I wasn't aware of, energy healing or, or anything like that um when i was going through either with with either of my parents but um and you know previous to my previous to that i wasn't in a spiritual mindset at all and we weren't open to any kind of other therapy and it wasn't offered either like it, it just wasn't there um and i think it how you know how different our experience of that would have been if we'd had these other tools you know and i think it's so we kind of when we think of 
cancer and you kind of just want to chuck everything at it to to make yourself better or make your you know loved one better but so much of the time if we're not using complementary therapy i believe we're not throwing everything at it you know um i mean how how open to reiki and and the complementary therapies do you find that people are if they've not experienced anything like that before well um mostly if um when i'm explaining to people what complementary therapies are if they've not even had anything before um a lot of people by the time they get to me and speak to me they are well okay let's give it a go because they are now willing to try lots of things um so generally most people are do become open to it but i think it's just about explaining what is going to happen during that session and reassuring them that you know if at any point they want to stop or they're not comfortable um then even if they thought beforehand or oh, i'm not sure they're not really comfortable they'll they'll be reassured that actually you know if i'm not if i i can just say and then it will stop and i think it is about that reassurance um and um and also i have found if they try it very rarely if people try it do they then turn around and go no it wasn't for me occasionally you might get yeah it's not for me but um more more times than not i actually get people saying well you know before the session i wasn't really sure about it and i thought oh, this isn't going to do anything you know and then the, when they have had the treatment and the, when they've come out the other side and, they, and they've gone, wow, that was just amazing. I just didn't think that was going to do anything. Yeah. And especially yeah. with Reiki, when we're talking about the energy work with the Reiki, um, people that don't know what Reiki is as well, which I'm not sure whether people will know when, when, the, when they've uh, logged onto this anyway, but Reiki is, um, it is a, a therapy which is used using energy. So although you can be touching the person, in actual fact, you can do it just with hovering just above them. You don't even actually have to touch the person. So, and it's done with intention, really. It's about drawing in that energy that's around us. Um, and um, what I explain to people is that, you know, I'm being the practitioner, I ask for this. Uh, I ask for it for this energy out of love, um, and it's my intention. So I'm not giving people my energy. It's the energy that's around us. Yeah. And the the example I give to those people is, you know, sometimes you walk into the room and, and you know you've said it. Oh, I could feel the energy, or the you know I could feel that in the room. You know, I could if it was a bad energy or whatever it is, you can feel that energy around you, and that's all it is. Um, I think maybe there are some people who are maybe a bit scared of Reiki, um, but I think a lot of that is because maybe they don't understand it. So if they experienced it or, you know, it, had it explained it in a way um, that they understood, then they would uh, be uh, more at peace with it. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know what experience you've had with 
people with Reiki I, because uh, how we promote it at the hospice is it's of no religion and all religion so it doesn't matter what it, it's nothing it's not religious it is uh, just an energy um, and um, so uh, there are you know I have had people that have just turned around and said oh no I, I won't do that because I'm of a certain religion and how we promote it is well actually it doesn't matter what religion you are whether you believe in anything or if you don't believe in anything you know it, it can still work because it's just love and that's how we describe it and and that's what we're surrounding that person with and it's through our positivity and our intention um how it works so um it, it, it can be very very powerful on people and what I have found as well is that um, quite often it brings up emotions. A lot of the times it will bring up emotions. Mm. And so that might be something that someone's suppressing. And I always say to people, I've got tissues ready and feel free to whatever emotion you're feeling, you are welcome to express it. So it could be that someone starts laughing or whatever during the treatment because you know they're filled with this joy, um, or it could go the opposite way. You know they're filled with this this real um, hurt or this really sadness. Uh, but to let that out is that is part of the process of what the therapy is about, and that is releasing your body of any of that negativity and. Um, anything that's hurting from inside so it's quite powerful in that way so um, but I, I think it is about explaining to people beforehand about these are the things that can happen so that nothing's a surprise for them yeah you know it, it's like go, just going for any treatment for the first time if you don't know what it is you're scared straight away aren't you so by explaining it to them and also with the with the reiki it's very gentle so because there's no manipulation of any you know you're not rubbing on the skin or the muscles or anything so um it's it's very gentle on the person uh, which brings me to another point which i don't know whether that was going to be a question but um why reiki is particularly good um with the hospice uh, movement is that some people may be going through a very very bad patch maybe if they've had a very bad reaction to chemo or you know if they are very very poorly at that time or even entering end of life they don't even want to be touched you know even just a very light massage may be too much for them but the reiki because all you're feeling is this energy and sometimes you might not even feel it um, then, uh, and you don't have to move either. You don't have to be getting on, onto a couch or off of a couch. You can just lay or sit wherever you are. So you don't have to be moved. You don't have to take any new clothes off. So it's ideal for that type of uh, setting. Um, and um, also, I don't know if um, uh, you've experienced in a different, in, in a way, or, or um, there are different ways that people can feel that energy. So people might feel it as a warmth, which is very comforting, but some people might feel it as a cold and they might feel cold all over or they might feel a tingling. Um, they, they might actually feel like they're rocking. 
um, or floating, or they might feel like they're, they're being pushed down to the couch. So there's all different ways that pe people may feel what this energy as it's going into your body. Um, but hopefully the end result is whatever, however you're feeling it, or even if you don't feel anything, what you do feel is you've got that lightness and uh, releasing of that energy and you know even down to pain people have said to me oh I had a really bad um, pain in my shoulder or my neck was really tight and then afterwards even that has gone even physical pain and that's without even any touch yeah so you know the, the power of that energy is is really really amazing exactly yeah I mean thank you for explaining and I, I completely agree I think the um power of of reiki is is um undervalued a lot of the time um and and com and completely misunderstood and i have definitely had it where people will you know when i first joined the networking group where i met leah you know it's kind of all straight business you know the standard kind of business estate agents and lawyers and things like that and then i turn up and i'm like hi energy reiki la 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 and you know and everyone was like what and you know it took a kind of few weeks and actually i was like look offered like six free sessions to people and was really like come and experience this like you know and i say i'm like i work with the invisible and it's really something that needs to be experience to really be believed but you know and a lot of people skeptics and have said you know i wouldn't ever really have given this a go or even a thought but because of the way that you talk about it it kind of makes sense and i want to give it a go and that's you know kind of one of the things that i want to try and do with this podcast is is really just bring it down out of that stereotypical spiritual woo stuff so that as many people as possible from all walks of life and with all sorts of problems can benefit from the the healing that that is available and i totally agree you know a lot of um i've had great results with clients that have had pain um you know uh, overnight their pain, you know after one session their pain has been greatly relieved um and i think you know I, and i i'm of the belief that a lot of pain, especially chronic pain, is due to a build-up of emotions and stress that are not not released and are not dealt with. Um, and I have definitely experienced that in my own body. Um, yeah, I remember, and it's funny you were saying about emotional release. I remember it's probably 18 months maybe after my father had passed was when I first really had a, a solid week of energy healing in India. And I mean, I would just cry and cry and cry. And actually one of the biggest, one of the main um, sessions that I had where I cried the most was actually a, a massage, an energetic massage. And so it was holding all of that that was in my body letting that out you know and it's take you know even two years later there are still points in my body that i'm like oh like my my hip is a bit tight and i'm like oh i know there's still stuff in there that needs to be released but the the transformation in my own life has been 
overwhelming, you know, and, and so much of the, all of the, the stress and the mental health issues were really just being able to, to were helped so much by having that state of release. And, you know, speaking kind of from, from personal experience, the, you know, whenever I've been caring for any, anyone, um, with a, with a terminal illness, um, it's always so much about the other person and all of your attention is, is on them. And you're just trying to kind of, I felt like I was just always on standby for four years with my dad and having, I think that, that kind of, even that hour, like you were saying for the, for the people around, the patient to have that hour to themselves to have that moment of release for it to be about them again and to have all of that stress reduction in a kind of one-stop shop <laughs> you know without and without having to talk about how they feel necessarily yeah. I think is is hugely yeah. powerful I, I definitely f find that, and and also, I mean, uh, the hospice they come into the they can come into the therapy room, and that's like a safe place for them. And I think then, um, and you know, by you telling them it's you know that it's okay to release all the stuff, then they feel that that is a safe place to do it. Whereas if they were somewhere else, they would be holding that in because they're not in that safe environment. So that time that is, you know, that they know that you're there for them for that, for that time. And as you say, they don't even have to tell you what it's about. They can if they want, and quite often they do. They, they let it all out, but they don't have to. They, you just know that, um, or they know that you know that you're just there for them. And, and it's like holding that space for them, for, for them to, really do that kind of internal um healing is not a word we use at the hospice but um outside of the hospice the word healing is used a lot um but it is it, it is um helping to rebalance you know your emotions and and your body and everything so it puts everything back into balance um and uh, you know that is um, as I say, the safe place that they can do that um, and, and you're just holding that space for them to allow them to do that. Really, really important. I mean, do you, I, I am of the thinking that actually if lots of, if lots more people were attuned to the Reiki energy and were able to self-treat, you know, for, especially for things like anxiety, which is, you know, unbelievably on the rise you know if people were able to just connect in and take that moment and give themselves even five or ten minutes of reiki a day um how much more how much people would benefit do you do you feel that if patients were able to give themselves reiki and, and self-treat that that would help them kind of long term Oh, absolutely. When I did my um, when I did my Reiki one, um, little bit of an explanation. There's there's like three levels of Reiki. So Reiki one is when you when you just first learn how to do it, and you can 
practice on yourself, you can do your Reiki on yourself, and you can do it on family, friends, and it's just, you know, you do it for pleasure if you like. But when I did my Reiki one, it changed my life, actually. It really did change my life. And it's a tool that um, I can use on myself whenever I want to. And um, it, it just really helps you to feel that calmness, it helps you to clear your mind as well. So because people's minds are just so full, aren't they, these days, uh, you know, of things that you've got to do. Life um, is just a 100 miles an hour, I find. Everybody's so busy. Everybody has got so much uh, to fit in their day. And then obviously this year with COVID, the, the anxiety and the worry on that, everyone is really... They've got heightened uh, emotions, heightened anxiety, heightened stress. And so absolutely, I would, would definitely recommend anyone who's thinking, well, actually, let's, let's have a look. Um, definitely would uh, look up a good practitioner um, to uh, get you attuned for, for level one Reiki. I, I really do think it would change uh, a lot of people's... Um, sort of perspective of things and, and also just having that time to sort of bring yourself back and um, focus on you and just being grounded and I think yeah, as you say even 10 minutes a day you know or, or even just when you feel like it that is going to uh, really have a, a long-term benefit for everybody and, and I think just you start looking at things in a different way as well and seeing problems as maybe that's not a problem um i think it's a bit of a cliche thinking oh don't think of it as a problem think of it think of it as an opportunity it's a little bit of a cliche now but but it, it it does it makes you turn things around and you think actually why am i why am i feeling like this if you if, if someone is doing something or if there's a situation and you kind of do look at things uh, slightly in a different way. So it can help you cope better with things. And in turn, that, that helps you. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that if more people were aware of something that they could do, and this could be something you can do on yourself, you're not reliant on going to a practitioner or going somewhere else for, for the help, although that does help as well. But, you know, if you had that tool, if you if it was the middle of the night and you needed something, yeah. and, and you could do it, that would yeah, I'm a, I am a real advocate of people learning Reiki for themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, I think, you know, I kind of, I, I say this, I'm, I'm going to put myself out of a job. But, you know, I think it's, you know, you can go having that ability to be able to just self-regulate and and really and 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 that's the beauty of it is that you can be anywhere you could be you know on a bus or driving along or on the loo if that's the only time you get on your own if you know or whatever like it really doesn't matter it's just being able to i think bring it back to the 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 present moment and just going at, because us you know so much of we can kind of live in a sort of state of constant overwhelm i think for a lot of people and especially when you've got something huge going on like illness you know it's just like oh i just i just have to kind of get through 
today and and sometimes i i kind of explain describe reiki sometimes as um like a, a foggy wing if you feel a bit foggy and reiki can just come and like clear the windscreen and so yes. you're back in the driver's seat and actually it just kind of gives you clarity and therefore it's so empowering because the that it's not coming from someone else like you were saying earlier i think that's a really important distinction is that the reiki doesn't come from the practitioner they are mm. just a channel for that energy it's kind of like you know we just point it in the right direction and yeah. and i think one of the other beauties of, of reiki is that it's individual because it's you know it's the same energy that makes the everything grow it's life energy it makes you know the plants grow and the animals come to life and that's it's that that keeps us all going and and it's such an intelligent thing <laughs> it knows what you need you know it's not a generalized um oh well you've got these symptoms so we'll give you this and and hope yeah. it hits 60 percent of the time like the energy knows exactly what you need to and to, and to go exactly where it needs to go. And I don't think there's anything else that's individual in that way, you know, and, and I think that is what's so, why it's so effective. And like you were saying that, you know, most people do come out of it and go, well, it wasn't what I was expecting, but oh, yeah, I feel feel pretty amazing like, you know, a lot of my clients tend to fall asleep i'm like great like, because it's that you know i've got a really good example of the of how it works uh, for what that individual needs at it at, at, at that particular point um i've been doing a reiki session on a lady i had done i was doing reiki regularly on her for you know once a week for numerous weeks and then one week she came to me and she goes oh I know exactly what I want I've got um oh yeah the, I've got the pain here this is whatever and uh, so I said okay but you know let's be open to you know what the Reiki wants anyway and that day she literally what came to her was an emo was literally like an emotional um light bulb moment it was uh, just a, a realization and she got really really upset but she said to me afterwards she goes oh well i obviously that pain obviously wasn't the issue today it was it was what um this emotion that she was holding on to and she said it was really really powerful um and so it can work it's like a road to enlightenment really um uh, on, on how it how it works so yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, I mean, from being a skeptic that I, I, I mean, I had Reiki as a child um, when I was about you know, 12, 13. And I remember just constantly falling asleep because it just, it just clears you. It just clears everything and put certain things into perspective, I find as well. And, you know, I've had Reiki as an adult and, you just it just alleviates you as well so, you know the anxieties and the stress and like you say the busy minds i can just you know as an individual i can just vouch for it so much mm. and it does it just makes you feel so much better 
and you know I have been skeptical about it before but it's just it's it, it doesn't harm you to try it I find and you know if it doesn't work it doesn't work but you know you I just yeah I think you've just got to give it a go really so and I think as well a lot of it, it is you have to find the right practitioner for you mm. you know like uh, a lot of people like I said more skeptical a bit more down to earth if you want to do it that way you know not and might want to come to me but someone might want a really okay, you know spiritual experience or a kind of a more wooey <laughs> type you know and and I think it's really important to find the right person for you um and you know because and i think each practitioner from personal experience a lot of my clients have it's a certain it's the same stuff that comes up for them and and i've always thought everything that i've experienced in my life has enabled me to have a greater amount of empathy for a, a large amount of people because of the multiple things that I have experienced. And I think it's the same for anybody else, you know? And so it's, it's, you always find the person that you need. As yes, a, I, I think that's really right. And I think um, that's why I like to, you know, when I'm talking to someone before treating them, you build up that rapport with someone and um, you, you know, some people you connect with just sort of straight away. And I think that's really important with, with any, any type of therapy, any, you know, anything, whether it's a physical one or a talking therapy or whatever, you have to have that connection with the therapist. Um, otherwise, you know, if you haven't got trust in them or you're thinking, oh, I'm not really sure that I really like them, then that's just a boundary. So, um, yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, what you say, Theo, is right. I think actually the people that, um, as therapists, the people who we need attended to be drawn to us, however they, they, however they find us, whether we're on the internet or whether it's through groups or, you know, you know that people will come to you um, if that's where they're guided to go. Um, but I would, my advice to anyone is, you know, if you're not sure, if you, you know, if you've been recommended someone and you go along and you think, actually, I'm not quite comfortable with this person, then maybe that, that's not the right person and, and to, to find somebody else. So, I mean, I would always, um, I don't want to do myself out of business, but if there's something that I feel someone else could offer more than what I could, um, then you know, and, and if they express that, you know, I would always, you know, recommend them to somebody else. But, you know, as far as the rake is con- concerned, um, you know, I, I can offer just as good a treatment as anybody else, but you need to have that rapport with the person and feel comfortable and feel that you trust them. Because, you know, basically you're going to be lying there, you know, most of the time with your eyes shut. And this person's walking around you and, and you might not even really know where they are. So you've got to have some sort of trust uh, with that person. So, yeah. So and yeah. I think, you know, d- different forms of Reiki. I mean, I started off with the Sui and, and now I do Angelic. And so, 
for me now my treatments are i kind of sit at someone's head and i just put my hands on their shoulders because yeah. you know and so and that's the thing now you know there are i know there are lots of different viewpoints about the different forms of reiki and their validity and things like that and i've experienced other forms of reiki as well and uh, and again i think it, it's what you're drawn to um when i first started i didn't think i would do angelic stuff i was like what no you know i was so black and white and straight and like <laughs> didn't think that angels were anything I was like, no. no way and now i'm like oh no i totally understand yeah. how powerful yeah. it is and you know and, I, and again i think that's um that's the, another thing to kind of think about and it, Leah, just going back to what you were saying about, you know, kind of relieving the burden and, and everything that we carry, um, mm. you know, I know from personal experience, you know, each time, as, you know, as soon as you hear the word cancer, it's suddenly like you're, you are just kind of carrying it around with you. And, you know, I just, I was, I just wondered, you know, if, for, for if, if Reiki was available as, as standard and as well as other complementary therapies, but to kind of every cancer patient from diagnosis, you know, how, how much impact do you think that might have on, I mean, eventually cancer survival rates, but you know, if, if people have this different mindset and, and this, and they're not so burdened by what they're experiencing, how much of an influence do you think that might have? I think all of it is a benefit. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you think, Sally, but you know, survive. You know, cancer survival rates are just they. I mean, they're going up, but it's just so unpredictable. Yeah, um, and living in the, um, such unpredictable times that we are at the moment as well it's just so hard to say um but i would always you know try um anything regardless of survival rate um i mean I, i've had personal experience of, of the same gpo family members that have been through that um, and I wish I could have given them something like this to help or, that, or I wish they'd been open to that help. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know what you think, Sally, like I say, but... Well, I'm, I definitely feel that, you know, regardless of the survival rate, um, that if you've got a tool that you can use that um, helps you through that journey, through your through your um, illness. If there's mm. any way anything can relieve any of those symptoms, because quite often people are in pain, and if they can just not have the pain, then they can enjoy sitting down having a cup of coffee or sitting a sitting down talking to someone. So if you can relieve some of that, then it can enhance the quality of life. Uh, that they have that they have got and um, I, I, I think as well if at all you know any negativity can be exchanged to positivity 
Um, I just feel, you know, generally for everybody, whether you're ill or not, you know, if you've got a negative outlook and everything, your cup's half empty, then life is hard. And, um, and I think then if you can change that round to be having a more positive outlook um, and having a better experience, then it's almost um, naturally follows by good things happening to you. So yeah. if, if, the, if ha by having the Reiki, which, you know, that this is one of the things it does do, if, if it can ease some of your symptoms, relieve some of that stress and then you can actually enjoy some things mm. so i think it will uh give people a completely different experience than you know if they're all uh you know negative and you know having these symptoms which are just bringing you down which obviously if you've got symptoms it will bring you down yeah um so if you can ease some of those mm. uh then it is a better experience. Do you yeah. think it's maybe about changing mindsets as well? You know, like you were saying before, you sit down and talk to the person and, you know, explain to them exactly what it is and, and what it means. And like you say, we, you know, we don't use the word healing. You know, it, it works alongside their standard treatments. It, but it's just an alleviating that pain for that time. and like you say that that change of that mindset to as well to a positive thought rather than a negative thought yeah you just don't realize how much that negativity actually increases that certain pain mm. um, so I, I think changing people's mindsets yeah and I think, yeah that. De definitely it is about that and and in a way by by allowing them to experience the Reiki and even if they learn to do it and do it on themselves they you will change your mindset you know by doing those things anyway because it's a it's almost like a natural process that happens once you're once you're open to that and you let the Reiki in and you let that energy in around you um, it does open your life up to a complete, you know, you, you see things in a completely different way. And uh, so, in a way, rather than sitting down telling somebody like what they've got to do or what they've got to think, this is more of a natural way and they're, and they're doing it like for themselves. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is definitely about changing mindset. And I think um, that when people learn Reiki or experience it and, and do it on themselves, other things will come into their lives as well, not just practitioners who can help them through that journey, but you know, like you were talking, Theo, that you would never think about doing angelic healing. You were all very kind of down to earth and, you know, these are the things that are very practical. Um, and, but I, you know, I have found, I found the angels um, 18 years ago and um, I've worked with the angels ever since. So within my Reiki, I'm working with the. I don't. I don't do angelic Reiki as such, but it, it, it's incorporated in all my therapies as well. And just by ha having that, that's just another form of energy around you. Yeah. And I think if people can, you know, whatever people are guided to, that's what they should look into. And I always say to people, you know 
if you like the look of that or you like the look of that then go for that that's you're being drawn to what you like the look of um and or, or feeling you know feeling about things and so that's definitely uh, and the way around you know they will change their mindset because that will be a natural process um you know once they're open to that type of thing that energy i think you know, one one way that i've found to be explaining it is is kind of like just it's just different frequencies of energy so if you you know one way of uh, that's just come to mind is you know radiotherapy is like gamma rays and so actually and that's attacking the you know cancer in whatever way it needs to to get rid of it well now we're just using a reiki ray to be able to to go at it you know from another direction and you know or, you know and I think if you and it's just depending on what how that energy formulates, you know how our minds have to understand something that we can't see, mm. so that we can understand it and and explain it and and use it, you know. But actually, it's such a it's a higher intelligence that it just knows what it's doing. And but mm. what you were saying about mindset, I think is really interesting again just from my personal experience my my father was very much in denial for a huge amount of time you know before he went to the doctor and then afterwards still you know everything was still happening but it was like oh, i'm just not gonna look at this you know i'm not not gonna accept what's going on um whereas my mum you know when she had it it was like okay i'm not going to let this get in the way of my living and even though she still had those feelings of fear and waking up in the middle of the night and going oh god but you know what if it was a totally different way and and i think in in my experiences both of you know as their children when my mum had cancer it was kind of like oh okay but it wasn't not that it wasn't a big deal, but it, it didn't have the kind of life-changing effect that it did with my dad because of, I think, the way that we dealt with it. I, I don't know. It, but it, it's, you know, that mindset is definitely, I think, a, a huge factor. And I know in my personal experience dealing with my own mental health and, and issues, if I'm sitting thinking about, oh God, everything's so horrendous and how am I going to deal with this? And every, you know, that kind of victim mentality is so detrimental and actually creates so much more stress than mm -hmm. being able to, to kind of take control of what's going on and going, well, okay, this thing is happening, but actually I'm just going to deal with it in the best way that I can and stay in right now and just keep going you know um and i i know it's a totally individual experience but i i hope that if you know complementary therapies can help to create that positive environment for people then it just like i said it just makes things easier it makes it easier to cope so i mean how i mean obviously you know 
there's a lot of connection with energy work and it being having to be a, a spiritual experience and you you know saying about how it's an, it's not religion based but i think that i feel it is a lot of comfort comes from finding connection with something greater than ourselves and whether that is a belief in the afterlife or or not or, or whatever it is um i know that i personally have felt that there's a I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I was scared of death now because of my beliefs around that. Do, do you find that um, people that have a, a kind of spiritual connection or a connection to something bigger are able to cope better with, with illness? And, and, and is it something that you, that a lot of people find in the kind of, end of life care or, or in that kind of stage in their lives? Um, yeah, I think um, the experience I've had with people down at the hospice has been people who are more open to the fact that there, there's something there or, you know, if they're not scared of death and dying, then I think the process um, and that journey is much smoother and um, less traumatic. Um, I think um, some people, they, um, they don't want to believe that there's anything and if they're really frightened and fearful of, of what's going to happen, then it does tend to be that, you know, they don't have such a, a nice journey and, and such a, a smooth path. Um, I think just having an open mind is enough. I don't think you have to live, you don't you don't have to be particularly spiritual, but I think there is that um, you know if you're closed, if you're completely closed to it, mm. and you're not letting anything in, then um, you know, I think um, that that does ha have an effect on people and and the people around them uh, as well. So I think just having an open mind and thinking, well, okay, you know, even if they're not got this um real um faith or you know a belief that they're singing the from the rooftops about but i think just having an open mind and thinking we are well okay i'm and just sort of allowing nature to take its course and, and to whatever to happen and um i think it's like a releasing isn't it it's it's a kind of giving over that uh, control and uh, and just allowing the, whatever to happen uh, with an open mind. I think just having an open mind it is enough. But there definitely is. I'm the same as you. I think of that. I think of it as a um, a higher. Well, I, I explain it to people like like a higher power and a universal energy. It's the universe. It's it's all of us. It's all encompassing. Uh, and just to have that, I think. That, that is enough just to allow um, the, the processes to happen and um, for that giving and receiving and to think of it as love as well. I think that is a really beautiful way of looking at it around us. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I believe that the universe is fueled by love um, and, and I, 
I think that life is a kind of balance between, you know, trying to the removal of fear and then the injection of love in its place. Mm. And I feel that no matter where you're at in your life, what you're experiencing or, or anything, actually, if whenever there's a kind of challenge, if you can identify the fear and then and then just take it out and stick a lot of love in its place that it that it automatically changes and you know no matter what um way you're doing that whatever works for you do it <laughs> yeah. absolutely that's what i say to people when i'm when i'm explaining about things i i i um really do try and and not be that person who is forcing something on somebody. I try and explain to them, giving them all the options and then also saying, but you go for what you feel is right because what's what's right for you is not right for somebody else or what's right for somebody else is not always right for you. So go to what you're drawn to. But I think if people are getting the messages, like if someone's listening to this who's not really even even know how, why they're listening to it yeah. then uh, I would say you, you're listening to this now for a reason and you might um, then be getting other messages from other people like you might hear something someone say something um, and if that's a repeated message then that's what you need to be following and um, so mm -hmm. that's how quite often people will get into this type of thing um, and certainly hearing about the Reiki and the angels and, uh, you know, the energy and all that. If you're getting that message from different places as well, it's definitely the path you should be finding yourself down, but, uh, you know, to go down. But definitely, I think if you're, um, if you're drawn to something, then, uh, you know, that's what's right for you. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if, if there is anybody listening that is, thinking about wanting to try Reiki or, or anything like that, I've, I said that um, I would be happy. What I'm going to do is set up a, a Just Giving page for you guys. And um, if anybody donates £50 to you guys, I will give them a session for free, as it were, so that you, you take my fee, basically. Um, no, thank you. Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, because I work not, I work online as well as in person. So, you know, because I know that this is, even so far, it's in the States and, and lots of places. So, you know, obviously I'd like to help as much as I can. And in that thing, and if, if it is something that you're, I mean, you're still listening to this <laughs> at the end of it. So there's got to be some level of interest. So, you know, but if people do want to try it out, I'd be, I'd love to be able to help people in that way and help you guys at the same time. Cause um, I think, you know, what, what all of you wonderful hospices and charities do is, is amazing and is really, um, really, really needed. And so, and so, yeah, I just, just thank you um, on that for, for all that you do and for, for coming on and, and being so honest and, and, you know, open about, all the work that you do so thank you very much thank you for having us and yeah thank you for supporting us um in this way and through your just giving it's amazing so 
yeah, like, like I said before, it's people in our community like yourselves. We can't do what we do without you. So, yeah, thank you ever so much for having us on. It's been great. No problem at all. I will put links yeah. to your guys' website and, and everything else, obviously, under for all the social medias. And so everything will be able to find everyone if they want to find out more, um, if they've got someone that they think could help, um, could benefit from your help, then then the, all the information mm -hmm. will be there. So, yeah, they just need to visit the website yeah. and give us a call. Cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you again. Well, thank you ever so much for the opportunity to explain what, what we do and also you know hopefully even if we just help one person uh you know to uh for them to find uh what's right for them and and start doing some reiki that's brilliant yeah no i, I mean i'm i'm all about you know awareness and understanding um is i think key so the more that i can help with that the better really so Lovely. All right. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to you, me, just us three, the down to earth spiritual podcast. I hope you've enjoyed our time together. This podcast is free with the aim to reach and help as many people as possible. But if you would like to contribute to help with editing costs, please do follow the PayPal link. To work with myself or any of our guests, our contact information can be found at www.theodorafizard.com. And again, thank you in advance for all your time, comments, likes, shares, and subscriptions. Until next time, take care. <laughs>